Come be a part of the Tea Party with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board Doc Holliday's Tea Party right now. It's only a click away. Welcome to 2012 Patriots all across the country. I'm telling you, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Tea Party. I'm your host, Ed Holliday. You're listening to us on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net, and it's number one in talk radio on the Internet. So listen, we got a great, great show because it's the first show of a new year, and I'm telling you, we're coming from updated studios. We have got an updated staff. Got Jack over here going to hand me papers all throughout. Here the paper's coming. Thank you, Jack. And we're going to have a new show just revved up just for you for the new year because this is the most important presidential election year, save possibly 1860. I don't think we're about to go into a civil war, but I guarantee you this, this nation is divided under the leadership or what people call leadership of a present president, and we have got to make sure this country gets turned into the, going into the right direction, and it's the conservative policies that we've got to find a nominee who can stack up against to President Barack Obama. And that's what Doc Holliday's Tea Party is going to do this year. So listen to us each week. This week's show, let me tell you, it is the week of the Iowa caucuses. We are going to dig down in some of the nitty-gritty going on right now in the Iowa caucuses. Going to tell you some things you won't hear anywhere else but right here on Doc Holliday's Tea Party. So listen up. we got some quotes coming from some of the presidential candidates. Jack's going to cue those up for us. And then we're also going to go right into... Uh, this week's Tombstone of the Week Award that goes to the Senate Majority Leader, Harry Reid. The words he said are unforgivable because they're so wrong and they should be buried six feet in the ground below a tombstone. For our new listeners, each week we give a Tombstone of the Week Award, not to a person, but to the words or deeds or actions of somebody or some group that belongs six feet in the ground. And now... We're going to get right into the show in just a moment, but don't let me uh, let you forget about this week's Rock of Liberty week, uh, speech. Each week we'll end up with a Rock of Liberty speech, and this week it is about the elections and what your duty is, and I'm telling you, I am excited. I hope everybody's excited as I am about 2012. That's right. I feel like the Long Ranger, and we're getting ready to go into 2012. And I have to tell you that I am excited about this year. Am I scared? No. Am I excited? Yes. Am I worried? No. Am I concerned? Yes. Where are we going? I've told you two or three weeks ago, is this the best the Tea Party can do? All the work, all the tea parties, all the rallies, all the work we did in 2010 to turn around the House of Representatives, knowing we have our work cut out in 2012 in the Senate, 
and for the White House. And people are saying they're disillusioned. Look what candidates we have to pick from. You know, people are talking about a broker convention. Well, I'm telling you this. I believe in you patriots out there, and I'm not going to let people get me down. I'm not going to let people parade around and say this and that. I'm saying it's working. This is the process of being elected president of the United States. I don't care if it's 1860 or 1900 or 1968 or 1980. I'm telling you, we have our duty to do as American citizens, as patriots, to make sure those who are informed get to the polls and vote. And I don't want you to be disillusioned. I don't want you to be upset if a third-party candidate pops up. But I'm telling you this right now. You listen to Doc Holliday's Tea Party. I'm going to steer you through this year each and every week. We're going to get things going right here and get to the nitty-gritty. And that's what we're going to do right now, starting with today's show. So let me just be uh, sure to tell you about uh, the Iowa caucuses. And you know the candidates, and we're going to get to those in just a minute. I've got some quotes we're going to talk about. But first, Jack's hand me some paper here. This is for this week's Tombstone of the Week Award. We're going to kick it off with the Tombstone of the Week Award. And i got to tell you that I told you it's from the Senate Majority Leader, Harry Reid. And this is the words he said. I could not believe he said this. This is back in December, uh, a couple weeks ago before Christmas. And I couldn't believe it when I heard it. And I should have been... Should have been on top of it, I'm telling you, I got some facts together, and we got a, a, a reporter named Beckett Adams who, who wrote this, I believe, in the Forbes. But this is the quote that uh, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid said, and he said, Millionaire job creators are like unicorns. They're impossible to find, and they don't exist. Only a tiny fraction of people making more than a million dollars Probably less than 1% are small business owners. And only a tiny fraction of that tiny fraction are traditional job creators. Most of these businesses are hedge fund managers or wealthy lawyers. They don't do much hiring and they don't need tax breaks. Unquote. That was Harry Reid talking about how uh, millionaires who create jobs are like unicorns. Now, that seemed like a bunch of bull. And then his co comments, <clears throat> he said, were based on a, a national public radio report. And they claimed they went searching for the millionaire jobs creator. And, and can you believe that the NPR, National Public Radio, <laughs> they requested help from, they said, numerous Republican congressional offices. And then said they were un unable to produce a single millionaire job creator and so they said it's just, and that's where Harry Reid said, there's not out there, there's unicorns. But thank goodness somebody didn't let that just go unchecked. Beckett Adams uh, checked into it, and he found this. Let me, and he, he went right to the IRS's table uh, 1.4, sources of income adjustments and tax size of adjusted gross income in 2009. He, he, he wanted to check it out. And, uh, and this is what he found. Uh, he said that, there are 236,883 tax filers with incomes of a million dollars or more. And Harry Reid, remember, said only 1% of them, or probably 2,361 to be exact, are business owners. And a tiny fraction of them create jobs. Oh, 
Okay, that is just pathetic right there that our Senate Majority Leader would even say that. But then, uh, if you want to know the facts, the, the millionaire tax filers earned a total taxable income of $623 billion. Sounds like a lot. It is. And, you know, they paid a highest average rate of 30% of any tax bracket. And then said... If you, what Harry Reid want to do is give a 1.9 tax surcharge on million dollar earners, and that, and, and that would give us a total roll, drum rope, <laughs> it'd give us 11 billion dollars. That's chicken fee when you're talking about needing 200 billion to pay for the, the Social Security 2% tax cut that 160 million Americans are getting. That's not going to even cut it, it's not even going to come close. And so Harry Reid said, you know, we don't need, uh, those millionaires don't need this money. But listen, he said they don't create jobs. He said they're unicorns. They don't exist, the millionaire job creators. Well, listen to that. This uh, a guy that put this together, uh, Beckett Adams wrote it, a guy named Gregory really got these numbers together and it's facts. And he said, that, uh, it, it's unbelievable. Can you believe that Harry Reid believes these people uh, do do their own typing, they're selling, they're drafting, they're public relations, they're building, they're manufacturing. They don't need employees. Unbelievable. And yet, uh, that's what we get from the Democratic Party. Tax, tax, tax. And, uh, and they say, oh, they're pushing a tax cut. You know what this is? This Social Security tax cut of 2%. Now, I'm for tax cuts anywhere, but where are you going to pay for it? Social Security is supposed to be a pay-as-you-go program. For the first time ever last year, we did not have enough money paid into Social Security to get all the benefits. You say, well, that's okay. We had a $3 trillion uh, IOU. Yes, <laughs> that's a blank paper written in some bank in Virginia, I believe. It says... Uh, I owe you $3 trillion. The United States Congress spent all the money, and there's nothing in that bank vault but an IOU. So last year, we had to take money out of general fund for the first time to pay Social Security. And this year, with the $200 billion tax cut that's not being paid for if we get to, for the whole year, it's doing nothing but making a paid-for program become another welfare program. Because when you got benefits that do not match what's being paid into it. It becomes another welfare program. Thank you, Pre President Obama. Not only are you the food stamp president, now you've put in Social Security as a welfare program. And that's what's going on, folks. And I can't believe the Republican Congress just went right in line with it. And I, don't, I hope they have some kind of fix because all they did is this two-month extension. They tried to bail themselves out of hot water because they won't be accused of raising taxes. But what they're doing is complicating everything for an employer. I'm an employer. And you won't know what complication is. They said, well, you know, the employees don't have to worry about any of the, all the, all the paperwork. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me, Mr. Bureaucracy in Washington, D.C. I'm a small business person. And I get headaches all the time. I got to figure this stuff out. And you know what? If I got to take money out of my business to figure this junk out, you better believe people get hurt. They don't get, they don't get any increases. There goes the increase. There goes trying to figure out a new uh, 
if you have some kind of bonus plan, all these things are wrapped up into what you're costing the small business owners. And, and this two-month extension is nothing but a juggernaut of bureaucracy and filing deadlines and pressure from the IRS, pressure from your state, pressure from all these places on businesses that some of them are being forced to the brink of bankruptcy. And now you add more paperwork, more pain, more time, more uh, of this garbage of junk and all we got is people, or employers being pressured, and you think that's going to make them want to hire more people? Get out of your dreamland, Mr. Unicorn. Okay, that's this week's Tombstone of the Week Award. I'm sorry it went on so long, but we got Washington, D.C. folks talking about unicorns, and they putting more and more regulations, more tax burdens on employers and expect people to hire more people when there's more jump. You have to jump over more loops and through more hoops. And this is what the Democratic-led Senate has just put on us and the President Obama has no clue on how to run a business. And let's hope 2012 is a year that America wakes up and understands and elects somebody that knows how to create jobs. Hey, this is a good time to stop right here and just say, let me cool down and let me let you remember that we are coming to you on webtalkradio.net. This is Doc Holliday's Tea Party. I'm your host, Ed Holliday. We're glad to have you listening to webtalkradio.net. And we're so glad that the new listeners are coming on board. It's because of you that this show is growing. We're going nationwide, and we're growing in a way that's going to have an effect on the 2012 elections. Don't forget to tell your friends and neighbors, send a link, and we'll continue growing, and we're going to see conservatives win across the nation because of you and me working together. Now, that gets us into why we are here this week. We're getting ready for the Iowa caucuses. And I have to tell you that it is the most fluid that I know in my lifetime to see what's going into this week in Iowa and the caucuses starting a Tuesday night this week. And some of you are going to be listening to the show after the Iowa caucuses are over. And then whatever you hear or say, you know, it will be old news. And, and we'll be getting into the New Hampshire uh, primary coming up next week. So you want to listen to that. But I have to tell you about Iowa caucuses. This is the way Doc Holliday sees it. And it is fluid. And anybody that makes a prediction is foolish. You know, you can make all the predictions you want. But nobody knows how it's going to go down. Everything from the weather to Ron Paul is a surgeon, some people say, because he got a great organization. This is what I know, and this is what I'll say. Number one, we have Mitt Romney playing low key, but he is sending people in from all over the country. They're flocking into Iowa. Romney's got people on the ground, and he's very organized, and he's hoping that he can get a surprise victory. He's not going to breathe a bit of that. But I'm telling you, he's got people coming from all over the country to help out in Iowa. Now, uh, we'll see what he does. That, of course, we know in the Republican primary uh, caucus in Iowa, there's a strong Christian uh, group that likes to think they help control what direction the, uh, the winner, 
the winners, who's the winners going to be? But this year is so divided up. You got Rick Perry making more and more ads. <laughs> and uh, I have to tell you, I got a, a quote from him. He was talking about uh, his decision on signing a personhood USA amendment, uh, talking about abortion and how when he signed the pledge, saying that life begins at conception. So, and then that in, included he would stand up for life even in the area of uh, rape or incest. And he, he's saying, uh, how, how did he come to that decision? Well, let's just hear what he had to say. Jack, put up that tape there. You know, all, all I can tell you is God was working on my heart. And there goes uh, Rick Perry talking about God, how God is working on his heart. Now, to go back to last week's show, and I said, now if all these people said that God told them to run for president, and we go back to that question, when does God tell somebody not to run for president? When does he tell you to get out of the race? And are you listening? <laughs> Do you have your ears wide open when he says to run? Do you have your ears wide open when he says it's time to fold it up? That's my question to Rick Perry or Michelle Bachman or uh, Rick Santorum. And maybe they said, well, we'll listen after Iowa. But if one of them, <laughs> if, one, if two of those three would say, I'm going to get behind this one person, then they could, they could help change the course of American history. But uh, that goes back to the question. You, you talk about God, listening to what God says, but are you listening about when God says it's time to get out or you have to wait till you're voted out? <laughs> but that, okay, I, I, you can go back to last week's show. I won't dwell on that. But I will say on Rick P Perry, uh, he's had more ads about Christian, being a Christian, standing up for religious beliefs. And I'm for that. I, I, I like to hear those things, but sometimes you can overdo it. And uh, I'm wondering if he's not just overdoing it in Iowa. He's got more money than Rick Santorum, Michelle Bachman, and he, he started out with uh, about $15 million or so. So how much is he pouring in Iowa? I know he's putting out a lot of ads and uh, maybe going for broke here in Iowa. I don't know. But we'll see how Rick Perry does. Now, the other thing is uh, when we get into what uh, Rick Santorum's done. Rick Santorum came out and said if he comes in last place in Iowa, he's getting out of the race. But he said he doesn't think that'll happen. Now, he has been in all the counties. He's got organization, but it's a small organization. But I will say that Rick, uh, Rick Santorum has probably worked Iowa as hard as anybody. And and if he doesn't have some kind of showing, then he should get out. Now, can he light uh, on fire? Well, I tell you, in my mind, Rick Santorum is sort of like the miracle. What was it? Who was the, the Old Testament hero uh, Gideon when uh, he, he wanted to make sure that when the Lord called him to be a great warrior, he said, who, me? Well, and he had a fleece. He wanted it dry one day and wet another day to make sure God was talking to him. But you can go back and listen, read that story in the Old Testament about Gideon if you want to. But let me just tell you on Rick Santorum, this is what I imagine. I can see some wet wood and somebody trying to get that wet wood lit with a match. And I don't think it's going to happen without some divine intervention. That's just my take on Rick Santorum. I think he's got conservative values down pat. And if I'll say this, 
if Rick Santorum's wet wood catches on fire, you can believe that God has told some other folks to get out of the race. And they, if they don't get out, they're just not listening. But I'll, I'll give Rick Santorum this much. If he comes out on fire in Iowa, you'll know some wet wood's been lit and it's, it's got some divine intervention. I'll just put that. Now, let's say Michelle Bachman. Where is she? We know Michelle Bachman has some, she always has some great conservative ideas. I like to hear her speak because uh, she has stayed right in there. And I'm telling you, she doesn't back down against anything. And let, let me just, let me run this quip from Michelle Bachman. Now, this is when she was asked a question about what she would do if the Supreme Court gave a ruling that she uh, didn't agree with. The, the Supreme Court can't arbitrarily tell us what the law of the land is. The people would, ha would be denied representation if that was the case. The Congress and the President of the United States together have that authority to make law, and that's what they must do, reclaim that authority. And then Michelle Bachman standing on her conservative principles right there, as she says, this is how uh, we reclaim the authority when the legislative and executive branch works together. They make laws, set laws. And, and, and that's how you keep a Supreme Court from, from uh, having more power. You remember there's a separation of power, so the, the executive and legislative can work together. And that's what Michelle Bachman sees and believes needs to be done. For those in Iowa, who, who do you pick from between Rick Perry, Rick Santorum, uh, Michelle Bachman, and uh, you know, Newt Gingrich? Mitt Romney, Ron Paul, uh, John Huntsman. Okay, Huntsman's not even going to try to run in Iowa. And uh, that's, that's something that we just have to wait and see what comes out of Iowa and what falls out in New Hampshire. But that's what you're listening to Doc Holliday's Tea Party about. And some of you listening after the uh, Iowa caucuses will be thinking, well, maybe, maybe we heard something good here. Maybe we heard something that would... Uh, light somebody's fire. Hey, I got another qu uh, quote here from, uh, uh, we got uh, Newt Gingrich uh, talking about what he would do. Uh, he got a question asked by Matt Staver, the founder of Liberty County, on a personhood uh, USA radio program. And, and this is what Newt Gingrich had to say about, the question was about what would he do about the international funding of abortion and how America under President Obama has been funding abortions internationally. And so this is what our uh, former Speaker of the House, that's uh, some people called him more liberal than Obama, somebody like Glenn Beck. And, but this is what Speaker Gingrich said he would do if he was elected president about abortion. And so it's a f so for everybody, including Glenn Beck, said for Newt Gingrich to be the same as voting for Obama, you need to listen to this answer, okay? This is what Newt had to say about that. Well, first of all, uh, on the very first day, I will sign an executive order reinstating Ronald Reagan's Mexico City policy that no U.S. money will be used overseas for abortions, period. I will also move to defund Planned Parenthood, uh, which is the largest single abortion provider in the U.S. and a major force for abortion around the world. And I would uh, transfer the money from Planned Parenthood to adoption services so young women have a chance to choose life rather than a culture of death. I would also overhaul the U.S. Uh, foreign Service uh, to get rid of the people who are aggressively pro-abortion and aggressively trying to pressure other governments 
into uh, adopting pro-abortion positions, uh, and I would actively work with those countries around the world that have a position of opposing abortion and are in favor of the right to life, trying to find a common front on creating a moral framework within which the rule of law can occur. Now that was Newt, and uh, that didn't sound very, um, let's see, didn't sound very moderate or liberal to me. So I know he got different positions, and some people are scared to death for Newt. But I'm telling you, he's got some conservative positions, and this personhood USA was a sanctity of life forum, mainly for the Iowa caucuses. It's a nationwide forum. I got to listen to it, and I'm, I'm glad that we have conservatives. Basically, there's four people who signed on to be on the forum and to say that they believe that life begins at conception, and they signed a pledge saying they would work to protect, work legislation to protect life and the pursuit of happiness, you know, as unalienable rights given to us by our, by God, by our Creator. And so, uh, the four that did is who you've heard is from uh, Michelle Bachman, uh, Rick Perry, uh, Rick Santorum, and Newt Gingrich. And you hadn't heard anything from Rick, have you? I got a soundbite from Rick. This is not about abortion as much as someone asking what he thought about, you know, the United States. Does it have a responsibility to, uh, like, the Iraqi Christians? And uh, what's going on with them? So let let me hear let hear a little firepower from Rick Santorum on something that's not just abortion. One of the areas that, I, frankly, both President Bush and President Obama have fallen short on, and President Obama even more so. I mean, President Obama has gone so far as to say that, uh, and Hillary Clinton to say that uh, that they they are not advocates of freedom of religion; they're advocates of freedom of worship. Now that is a from foundationally different concept in a much more limited concept. It sounds the same, but it's not the same. Freedom of religion means not just to be able to go publicly worship, but to live out your faith in your life. And and that is different than just being able to go to a church and worship in, in, a, in, a, in an aggregate setting. So the president has actually taken freedom of religion and narrowed it under his administration to be just one aspect of religious beliefs. And he's done even not he hasn't even done that uh, in with respect to the Assyrians and the and the Chaldean community up in up in Iraq. And we have we have not stood up and we have seen just horrendous persecution uh, in 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 Iraq, worse than you would expect in almost any country that we have bad relationships with. And our country has done nothing to call the Iraqis on it, has done nothing to to push them to provide protection to religious minorities in that in that country. And as a result, because we have not done anything, they have allowed us to go on, and, and it's getting worse now, and I'm sure it will get worse after we leave. And that was Rick Santorum talking about the persecution of Christians in Iraq, but it could uh, carry on to other things. In fact, that's going to lead us right into the, this week's Rock of Liberty speech. Before I get to that, let me remind you, you're listening to us on uh, webtalkradio.net this is Doc Holliday's Tea Party and we're glad to have you listen to us the new listeners we got new listeners in Iowa other places so we're glad you're listening to us I hope this show's helping you decide who to vote for on uh, caucus for on Tuesday but let me go ahead and remind everybody that uh, we'll have a continuing show going into the New Hampshire primary next week and I, to wrap up what we, you need to know for the Iowa caucuses is listen to your candidates speak, listen to their heart, see who you believe in. If you believe in them, if you're in Iowa and you believe in them, 
and you can see the fire in the belly, and you know they got the ability to stand on the truth and righteousness of the American Constitution, then go for it. Vote and show your, uh, show your passion for the candidate you want and what comes out of our caucuses will help shape the direction of this campaign. That's what I have to say. And uh, as we go on other places, we will continue to uh, let you know what's going on right here on Doc Holliday's Tea Party. Now, let me let you know that I've been getting some feedback about my book, and it's called Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, and it's the Tea Party versus the Status Quo, and you can get it on Amazon if you got your Christmas gift and don't know what to do with it, uh, Amazon card then go to amazon.com and, and order doc holiday's tea party or better yet you can get it on the uh, since herman kane is no longer on the scene i'm using his 999 plan you can get it for a limited time at my website for nine dollars 99 cents that's at www.teaparty.ms and i want you to go there and check it out and uh, you can read the first chapter right there on www.teaparty.ms and I don't want to forget to let you remember that we're talking about jobs, jobs, jobs. And go to wheresamericasjobs.com. Just go right there to wheresamericasjobs.com. We had a founder of that uh, website right here on Doc Holiday's Tea Party last month. You can go back and look up the, uh, the week we had Robert Estes on and listen to him. Now, Rock of Liberty speech. We got to get to it. And I said Rick Santorum sort of led us into where we are as far as uh, you look at the persecution of the Christian population in uh, Iraq. It's been dismal. They've, they've, uh, more than half of them, I believe, have had to leave the country. And it's not only Iraq, but other places. What's going on with the Coptic Christians in Egypt since Mubarak has uh, been run out of power? What's going on with the Christian population in Syria? Same thing. There used to be a large Christian population in the little town of Bethlehem. Now they're practically all gone, run out by uh, the Muslim Palestinians. So where does this lead us in the Rock of Liberty speech? Well, there's a passion. And Rick Santorum summed it up in, uh, a few minutes ago when I had him on. There's a difference between freedom of religion and freedom to worship. And what this administration is, and Hillary Clinton and others are supporting is freedom of worship across the seas. It sounds great, doesn't it? But that means you can get in your, inside your building and you should be able to have freedom of worship. But when you walk outside that building, if you try to say something, do anything, or you try to exercise your beliefs outside of that setting, of that building, that mandated area, then that's freedom of religion. And, and nobody's fighting for that. And people are dying because of it. And uh, so Rick Santorum made a good point. There's a big difference between freedom of religion and freedom of worship. And there's a passion in this country right now to just look at all the economic uh, problems and challenges we have. But then it gets down to the core principles, and that's why I played them right here on Doc Holliday's Tea Party, talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
These are unalienable rights guaranteed to us not by our Constitution. They're guaranteed to us by God, by our Creator, and they are protected by our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. Big difference to understand that. And going into the Iowa caucuses for the Republican nomination, if you are voting, I'm telling you a little story now about what it means to be an American. We take it for granted. There's so many countries in this world. And you look at Iraq now. We have given them at the price of over 4,000 of our best and more than 30,000 or 40,000 wounded. We've given our best so that they can have a chance for democracy, for a republic, and they may squander it. I'm afraid they may. But here in America, we have a chance to go out and, and use freedom of speech. And sometimes we see it being squeezed. But I'm telling you, go out and exercise your American right to speak and to vote and to make your voice known. And if we'll do it together, you and me, like we've been doing this past year or so since I've been on Doc Holliday's Tea Party, we've seen the Tea Party have a big stake in what's going on. And right now, there's some of you that are disillusioned. It's going to be a long process. It's perseverance. And that's what I need to tell you is don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Because there's something good going on in our country. It may be an undercurrent. And you may not see exactly what you want to see when you want to see it. And you may not get the candidate you want. Nobody's uh, going to get everything they want. But I know one thing. Like I've said before, the worst thing that can happen to America is that Barack Obama gets reelected. Now, we have got to be ready to do what it takes to make sure that we get a conservative in place to run against Barack Obama and make sure that we can stick together. There will be forces that you won't believe to push for a third-party candidate, and more than likely, we're going to see one. Don't let that get you down. I hope we don't see one, but it's probably going to happen. There's too much money out there and too much riding for Barack Obama to get reelected. And the forces that want him reelected, that want the leftist, far left, liberal agenda pushed down our throats, they are not going to give up lightly. And if it means funding a third party candidate, that money is already waiting to go into that candidates campaign I guarantee you that so what we got to do is stand up as patriots stand up as Americans that believe in a constitution and we believe in making sure that liberty this land of liberty is passed on to another generation right now it's just you and you and you and all the listeners around this country it's us working together that's going to provide the direction and the path to keep this nation free. So let's work together in 2012. That's what I wanted to tell you. 
We're going to talk about the Iowa caucuses, how who came out on top and where everybody landed next week. We're going to be talking about the New Hampshire primary coming up. Hey, I plan on being at a South Carolina debate on January 19th. I'll come to you and let you know again, just like we did in Tampa, exactly what's going on inside of the debate. Very important debate, January 19th, coming up in South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. Doc Holliday is going to be there. I hope you'll be watching. And There's going to be a primary on January 21st there in South Carolina. Very important times right now in these next few weeks. You want to listen to what uh, we have to say every week. We're going to keep you informed, so come right here on Doc Holliday's Tea Party. God bless you, and talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Tea Party. You can order Ed's book, Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide, from the Boston Tea Party to today's Tea Party Revolution, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.